Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series, Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller, The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series, Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events, and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's all streaming now on Hulu. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. You and Taylor Swift will make a cute couple. <laughs> y'all all right about some hard. Y'all be killing, y'all be killing y'all exes. Man, damn. Oh, Taylor don't want me. I'm, I'm toxic. She don't want me. <laughs> all my life. Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Want a slice. Got to roll the dice. That's why. All my life. I been grinding all my life. Yeah. All my life. Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Want a slice. Got to roll the dice. Hello, welcome to another edition of Club Shay Shay. I am your host, Shannon Sharp. I'm also the proprietor of Club Shay Shay. And the guy that's stopping by for conversation and a drink today is a three-time Grammy award-winning hit maker, a multi-platinum selling singer, iconic songwriter, pop specialist, R&B powerhouse, dancer, composer, producer, internationally acclaimed, recognized, and a live, very, very live and all the way live performer, Neil. What's up, sir? Bro, how you doing? I'm good, bro. Bro, thanks for you? stopping by, man, to give me a couple minutes of your time today. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. My research, if my research is correct, mm-hmm. you're a vodka drinker. Yes, yes. I don't have vodka, but I have my very own cognac. I would be honored if you would have a toast to your success and my success. You want, hey, we're we not going to tear the club up because, you know, the brown people, <laughs> the brown make you tear the club up. We're not going to tear the club up tonight. That's all good. I, I happily do. Absolutely. Appreciate you, bro. Just that I, you know, just mm-hmm. enough to. Is this new? You had this a while? I had, uh, we went uh, since 2021. Cool. Congratulations. Good success, bro. Appreciate Indeed. it. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Smooth. Yeah, you know, I do a little, <laughs> do a little something. It's actually, we won, the, yeah, actually we won, we beat 1,200 cognacs at the Sip Awards, the best tasting cognac in 2022. Yeah. So I, I appreciate it. you doing that. That's dope. So how you uh-huh. doing? I'm good, man. I'm in a good space. Real good space. I appreciate you stopping by. I know you had a big gig in Vegas. Actually, we yeah. were on the plane flying back together yesterday. Yes, I was indeed. like, man, I don't mm-hmm. know if he go, this going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, now, luckily, I, I am virtually, Im- it's impossible for me to stay awake on an airplane. Okay. That's where I catch up on my sleep at. Even though that was like a 13-second flight. Right. Even still. Now, you can I, sleep I, on I knew the plane? I oh, yeah. I can't stay awake on the plane. I I, the second butt touch seat, I'm gone. I don't want no water. I don't want no, no peanut. Don't act. You just ate. You just I'm out. gone. Gone. Whole time. Let's get right into it. What's up? The AI generated songs. Um, we oh, see man. that Drake is, is complaining about I think he had a song with The Weeknd generated 20 million streams in 48 hours. Mm-hmm. He complained about the song that he made with uh, Ice Spice. What, 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 are you, what, is your, what is your stance on this? I'm just, okay. I, I feel like Technology is very much like fire. It can destroy or it can warm a home. You right. know what I mean? Like right. it's, it's about it's about the way you use it. However, this specific technology, what is the good aspect of it? Okay. Like what is the the positive aspect of this technology? Like what what good thing are they going to do with it? Right. Like because I can totally see all the bad things that could be done. Right. With it. It's like you know somebody said to me the other day, um, they have an AI now where you can tell the AI to write a song in the form of Neo, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's another AI you can go to and get Neo's voice to sing said song that was just written in the form of Neo. So basically, what does that mean? Neo no longer Neo. need it. <laughs> so I'm like, what is the, what is the, what is the end game with this? Right. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I don't understand what the positive aspect of this technology is. So, so you're telling me that there is an AI that can say, okay, basically be a ghostwriter. Write a song like Neo. Using words that Neo may use, p- 
uh, tones that Neil may use, and then you can go to another AI and get Neil's voice to sing that song. Do you think record companies are going to head in this direction? I don't know. That's the thing, because I, I, I don't I don't understand. Even with this Drake thing right now. Right. 20 million streams in, in, in 20, however many streams in 24. Like, 20 million, so that's, that's money that's kind of just sitting there. Who right. gets paid? Who they get that money to? Like, and mind you, it's like, how, how, how is If Drake it's your song, to, you feel you should be getting, monetizing that. If it's, it's his voice, voice, it's his voice, voice. Used, to, used through AI. Like, he, I feel like he should get something for right. that. Because they're using his voice. I'm more than certain he didn't give them permission. You feel that somebody's going to get sued behind this argument? I, if, listen, if they I hear someone with my voice on it, I might be the first to sue. I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> I just, again, I don't get it. If somebody can tell me what the positive aspects of this technology is, all right, let's figure that out. Now it's just a matter of how they use it. Right. But if it ain't no positive aspects, and y'all, now y'all just, y'all literally just taking money out of people's pockets. Right. So, in other words, they're basically trying to cut the artist, the, the, the actual breathing, living artist out of the equation. That's what it feels like. We see mm-hmm. all these social media, TikTok. Are you a fan of these like these short, catchy jingles? Um, to a degree. I mean, when it's when it's fun, it's fun, and that's all fine and good. But when all of a sudden now the radio has to play this song because mm-hmm. it's so popular on TikTok. Meanwhile, the the best part of the song you heard on TikTok already, and the rest of the song is garbage. Right. You know what I mean? It just <laughs> takes down the quality of of the music played on the radio. Right. So I, I mean, it's again, it's about the way the technology is used. So you don't like this trend of where it's headed? Not really, man. I mean, so. I feel like people are creating for the algorithm now, as okay. opposed to creating from from the heart, from the soul. Like what right. music is supposed to. Music's supposed to be therapeutic. Music is supposed to be you at your realest. You right. know what I'm saying? There's things that I can't say out loud that I can write in a song right. and be totally all right with. Okay. You know, so that, yes. that's that's supposed to be the realest version of you. If you're writing a song and you're making the song a minute and 20 seconds long because of the fact that if the song is shorter, it'll get streamed more, right. then, that, then you're not, like, you're not writing, that's, that's nothing, right. you're not saying anything worth being said, in my okay. personal opinion. So, I wanted to ask you this. You, um, do you feel like artists make songs to be popular, or do they make songs that they really feel? It seems like me, I'm talking to you, mm-hmm. you make songs that you feel passionate about. And whether, you know, yeah, obviously you want, to, you want it to be popular, you want, but you're not just specifically trying to make a song that's going to be catchy. That's not my thing. No, I, music has been therapy for me my entire okay. life. You know what I mean? Um, um, I, I credit my mother for giving me my first red notebook and telling me to write it down. Okay. And I was like, write what down? And she's like, I don't give a damn, just write it down. Because right. she saw that I needed an outlet. Okay. You know? So that's what music has always been for me. So if if I write something, what I've always found out, found for myself is that if I write from the heart, people tend to feel it more, thus it tends to do better. Right. You know, so I so I've never been I've never been in a place where I was like, okay, let me write something that I feel like is gonna make money. That's never been my my that's never been my motivating factor, right. I should say, for music. It's right. always been about uh, being able to express myself, being able to, to being able to get that thing off me if I need if right. I need that. That's right. what music has always been for me. So, have you always had this gift? I mean, because obviously you you listen to music growing up, and mm. you, you know, like, man, I like this. Did you go after you hear a song and you like, okay, let me try to write something, put pen to paper? To that degree, something like that. I um uh, my my mom used to. Watch TV with stereo on. Okay. Like music was always there okay. every day, all day. Uh, uh, more than just, you know, cleaning the house on Sunday morning. Like every single day it's music blaring out of our house. So um, it took me a minute to take the whole concept of the words that I was putting together and then putting these melodies with these words and then creating a song. Initially right. it was just kind of like... Uh, uh, journal entries. Okay. You know what I mean? Or, or, or poems. You know, I find right. a, a little girl I like and I write a, write a poem about her hair. Never get a poem to the girl because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't that dude. Okay. And I, I, I had to grow into that dude. Right. Anyway. Okay. No. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Not that was. Oh, yeah, it is what it is now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, it, it took a minute to, to put the two together. But once I did, like, it became all I needed. Like, I didn't need. I didn't need any other type of therapy. I didn't need anybody to talk to because I had my music. I right. could, I could. You know, I, I wasn't judged by anybody uh, when it was just me and my music. So, right. I, like, it became my best friend. Yeah. Growing up, who were some of the artists that you listened to? Um, I don't know. I mean, Teddy Pendergrass was when I growing up, Barry White. Uh, yeah, know. yeah. So, Classics. I mean, ob- obviously, you know, you had um, Babyface and you had mm. Keith Sweat and you have. So, who 
did, did Neo Bari or like, okay, I kind of like this style. I kind of, I'm gonna go. I don't think uh, anybody listening to music in the 90s or, or was around for music in the 90s. I don't think any songwriter after that period can say that they didn't borrow something from Babyface. Okay. I, I think that's Faces, where's that? Yeah, Faces, Faces Foundation, right? Okay. Uh, but then to go further back, uh, your Smokey Robinson. Okay. You know, um, I have I have five kings, and these are the five artists that I've always wanted to like, you know, if, if I could take these five pers- people and turn them into one person, this is who Neo was gonna be. You know, okay. this is what I was gonna, so it was, it was Prince, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, Sammy Davis Jr., and Marvin Gaye. So like so I, so my entire everything my entire artistry came from me just pulling bits and pieces from these five specific right. artists. So you're more of a because most of these guys wrote a lot mm. of these guys wrote for themselves. Mm. So you like to you like to write for yourself, but you like to write for other artists also. Indeed, indeed. I um I I I, I started lo- I, loving was all, uh, writing was always my first love. Is okay. what I'm trying to say. Kanye getting to me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No, but um, writing, be even even so much before uh, performing and all of that, writing has always been my first love. Yeah, so yeah, I, I learned that I could do it for other people as well. I actually started out doing it for other right. people before I, uh, you know, got, I guess, confident enough to find my own voice and do the artist right. thing. Radio streaming, it seems like streaming is kind of the way to go. Is like things, you still have the radio play, but it seems mm-hmm. like streaming is the way to go now. Uh, do you have a preference? Um, I, you know what? I, I put it like this. When they get the numbers right, when they finally, you know, open up them books and realize that them laws is 100 plus years old, all the, all the, all the music laws are 100 plus years okay. old. Every aspect of music has evolved except the laws. And the laws are how artists make money. Right. You know what I mean? Like streaming is cool, fine and good, but it's, it's to the point where if you are just a songwriter, just a songwriter, right. it's hard for you to be, live off of what you do. Right. So, you know, it, once they get the numbers right with the streaming, I'm all for it. I, I'm all for, you know, the evolution of the way people get their music, the way people consume the music. I'm all for that. Right. But at some point, somebody has to go, wait a minute. These guys ain't getting what they worth over here. Right. You know what I mean? And that's that's what that's where it's at right now. You know, it's, I don't even I don't even remember what a stream is right now. But at one point it was like like a fraction of a penny. You know right. I mean, streams you got to get before you can see any real money. Right. You know, it's just that's messed well, up. Well, how do you change a system when the system is not instituting changes because they mo- they benefit the most from it? That's the problem. That's the problem. I, I I wish I could say that if the people rallied together, but again, you know, the the people that are pulling the people that are pulling the strings are the people that are benefiting the most from the system staying what it is. So, yeah, it's 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 an uphill battle, man. I don't why know, don't figure it out? Why don't love songs sell like they used to? Because you seem like you're back in the day, guys song, they were like, I want to be with you for the night. I want to light candles. I want to run Teddy Pendergrass. Mm-hmm. I want to turn off the lights and run a bath oil. I want to a bubble bath and do all that. Now it seems like it want to be a, 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 a smash, and, smash and dash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> smash and dash goes my crazy. Man, my bad, my bad, like my bad, dog. My I like it. Smash and dash. No, uh, you got a songwriter spirit, brother. <laughs> smash and dash, all right, all right. Neo said that because, hey, don't come uh, to me. That was, right. He I'm, gave me that idea before we started. I'm going to send you some royalties, brother. <laughs> Co-written by. What happened to the real soul love-making song that you turn on and you like, oh, but this is my jam. I hate to, I hate to say it this way, but there's, there's, there's really no way to beat around the bush. Every genre of music at one point got a hip hop makeover. Okay. Right? Okay. Country music, country music got a hip hop makeover. Okay. Right? Hip hop has never been about love, so to speak, or at right. least not that formula. In, in, the, in the world of hip hop, that, that love and that vulnerability was, was looked at as soft. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So once hip hop became literally the biggest music in the world, now all the all the, all your please baby baby please guys is looking at the fact that their audiences are shrinking and the hip hop audience is it's growing. Expanding. So now it's like all right, well, maybe she don't want me to beg no more. Maybe maybe that's that's what they want. All okay. right, well now I got to be tough. Now yeah. now I got now I got to sing the word bitch. What? Right. What? And 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 the women is gonna sing it with me. What? This is where we are now. This is where we are now. And and it's it again. It is what it is. I cannot be a lover of music and not. Uh, find the positive aspects of all genres of music and all evolutions of music. But at the same time, when an entire genre of music is no longer what it was at its best moments because of this other genre takeover, 
Yeah, man, that don't that don't feel good. That don't feel good. I hear it all the time. Is R and B dead? And if it's not, will will R and B ever be what it once was? I do not think that R and B is dead. I think that R and B is going through a bit of an identity crisis right okay. now. And um, will R and B ever be what it was? I don't think so. I think that the evolution of music is is always going to be a forward motion as opposed to a backward motion. Okay. I just think that there's going to come a point where somebody of this new generation is going to realize the power of the way what the way R&B was and then grab elements of that and pull it into whatever the next thing is. Right. That's what I that's what I think is going to happen. Did auto-tunes ruin R&B? Um it didn't ruin it. It just made the club a little less elite. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, am, am Cause I back you, in the day, guys really sung. You, you had, had that, to. Remember he had that long mic? That mic about this long. You had to. That was what it was. You wouldn't. You couldn't be part of the team if you didn't. Right. I, I'll, I'll take it even back further than like before me, before your Jodeces and all that. Back when it was a whole band is in one room. We're okay. about to record this record. Right. right? The drums got a microphone. The guitar got a microphone. The singer got a microphone. The backup singers got microphones. Ready? Action. You do the whole song. Right. All the way down. Right. There is no flying, taking the hook part and copy and pasting. Right. We got to do the whole song. Every hook sang out the whole, every single time. Right. The person messing up, get your ass out of here, bro. Like, nah, <laughs> yeah. we got to start all the way over because you missed the note on the bass? Come on, bro. So you had to be like. You had to be on it. You had to be on it. Now, you can push a button and get it all, which means that the club is not as elite as it once was. Now, anybody can come in. All right, well, here's what it is. You mentioned boy bands. Mm. You started out as a boy band. I did, yes. What happened to the boy band? Um, <laughs> uh, to a degree, the same thing that kind of happened to R&B. It's, it's, you know, what's worse than one dude sitting around begging? Four. That's ah! <laughs> what it became. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's the sad truth. That's what it became. Now, if, if, if we ever get another boy band, it's gonna be more than likely a primarily hip hop based situation because we, we gotta get back to that point where people realize the power of vulnerability. I don't think that, I don't think anybody understands how much power there is in, in being able to be vulnerable Do and make vulnerable not look weak. There's no weakness right. in vulnerability. Oh. Do you think there'll ever be? I mean, because, you know, will there ever be another? Uh, new kids and, and boys to men and in sync and do you? I mean, cause, I, I, I mean, if uh, splitting two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, six ways, mm -hmm. as opposed to like six hundred thousand one way, right? Sounds better to me, right? <laughs> Definitely so. Definitely so. I mean, and mind you, you, let let us keep in mind that the boy band is not dead. It's not. It's not dead. It's just Korean. Oh, okay, okay, yes. okay. Shout out to BTS. Shout out to the whole K-pop movement. Like right. they still, they still going they strong with the right. boy band movement. It's just, it's. I don't know. I, you know what? I got to give a lot of credit to to K-pop and just. I've I've been over there and saw just the machine that it is over mm -hmm. there. Like they're literally going from like from a kid from a child and training these kids in, in music, guitar, piano, real live music, teaching them how to really sing, really dance, and then deciding if they're gonna get in a group or if you're gonna be a solo artist. And it's like and it's producing it's producing a pretty quality product if right. I do say so myself. So shout out to K pop and just everything that's happening in that movement, man. It's dope. What it's happened dope. to your group? Why didn't you guys um, stay together? We we disbanded because we was broke, and you know you can only be broke for so long before, you know, being broke with people just gets annoying. It's like <laughs> one person broke. being broke. Well, you yeah. got five people. I can be broke by myself and be all right for a little while, but it's, if I'm broke with you, and I got to listen to you complain about being broke too. Gone, bro. I don't. Right. Want to do that. But uh, now we we eventually broke up because you know things just wasn't moving the way we expected them to move. Right. And mind you, we. It's not like we really sat down and devised like a, the best plan, right? You know what I mean. We uh, after after graduation, we all sat in a Denny's in Las Vegas and wrote out on a napkin what our plan was. And the plan was hop in Corey's van because Corey was the only person of us, only one of us with a car. Hop in Corey's van, drive to California, find the Capitol Records building. Park in front of the Capitol Records building, jump up on top of the van and sing our songs until the president Somebody of Capitol Records comes down and gives us a record deal. This right. was the plan. Right. Notice I didn't mention food. I didn't mention shelter. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, all of these things that, that was so easy Corey's to overlook. Corey's van might have provided the shelter, but oh, I don't know about that, the food. Corey's van provided shelter for six months. Four cats in a, in a VW van for six months. Yeah, wow. that, yeah, that's 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 that's, that's, that's the epitome of uncomfortable. But you were dedicated. You like, okay, this is what it's going to take for the time being, so we got to make the best of the situation. We did what we had to do until we just couldn't do it no more. It just, it just got to the point where it's like, all right, you know what? Uh, maybe this ain't what it's supposed to be. So did the guy come down from Capitol Records and... Um, the only people that came out of Capitol Records for us was security. <laughs> over and over again. Yes, we got to a first name basis with a security guard at Capitol Records because we would show up around the same time every day. Right. Get up, sing our songs. You know what I'm saying? We, we started doing it when we knew everybody was at lunch, so people right. would come out. You know, sometimes they throw us a little change or whatever the case may be. But then after a while, dude, was like, all right, y'all got to make a move. And, all right, Ted, we'll be back tomorrow. Yep. Came <laughs> that. So who would you compare your group to? V2K, um, what, what was your group? What was, who was we, your group? We idolized boys to men. Okay, we okay. We was doing our thing. So okay. we, was de- we was about, you know, finding them four and five part harmonies. Right, right, and, right. Y'all and love songs. That was our thing. No yeah. instruments? Any instruments? Not, not well enough to get on stage with them now. No. <laughs> Sit in a room and tap out on the piano. Right. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, right. this one. Ding, ding, ding. That one. You know, that's, that's about as good as we got with so that. So when you performed at MTV, you did Apollo, Showtime mm-hmm. and Apollo. You like okay, I made it, or did you like I'm still not here yet? Uh, with with the group, or just as myself? Yeah, yourself. <laughs> as myself, uh, it was definitely good to be able to go back to some of those places where you know I kind of fell on my face with the with the group and 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 uh, do it over. Uh, that that definitely felt good. But no, I didn't realize I had made it until I um, we used to throw a Grammy party okay. every year. Whether we won or not, we just throw the party. And um, I remember Prince and Stevie Wonder crashed my party. Now, crash my party is, is not the way that I want to say that because... They didn't get no invite. Who, but who's not letting Stevie Wonder and Prince in their party? <laughs> so y'all, y'all ain't have to crash nothing. They just, they showed up. They showed up uninvited. I didn't invite them because I'm like, I, don't, I figured they wouldn't come. Right. But yeah, they, they crashed my party. So I remember, they, uh, I remember sitting in the section. Prince is right here and Stevie Wonder's right here. And I'm just sweating bullets like what do I say like these is two of the reasons that I even do this right Right. so I took a sip of my drink Prince leans over and goes what are you drinking vodka cranberry he goes mind you I'm already sitting this close to the man right he goes so now you want me to get even close okay all right he says vodka's bad for you and didn't say nothing else the rest of the time he was there that was the that was the entirety of our conversation. I, I didn't touch the drink until it left again. I couldn't. Yeah. Well, clearly you didn't listen to it because I still. No, no, I still did vodka, but in the moment, in the moment, right? You know, it was that moment. You know, Debo say shut up. I shut up. Right. But when he leave, I'm drinking again. I'm talking again. <laughs> Your first deal. What yeah. Was, what was that moment like? Uh, my first deal. My first deal with, with was with uh, Columbia Records. Okay. And. Um, it was, I'll say this, it was a learning experience. Okay. You know, um, as, a, as an artist signed to a label, you don't got a whole lot of freedom, but there are some elements of it that, that you can control. You know, uh, I went in under the impression that I had no control of anything. So right. I was kind of like, it's kind of like a robot a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Pretty okay. much whatever they told me to do, I did. Whatever they told me to wear, whatever producers they told me to work with, you know, just because I'm thinking, you agree. You I worked so hard to get here, let me not rock the boat. Right. Um, So it finally came down to the album is done. The artwork is done. We've picked the first single. We're ready to go. And I'm looking at um, like a flyer of the artwork. And I'm like, this is not me. This this is not me. This Mm -hmm. is like this is baby Tyrese or somebody like no disrespect to Tyrese. But I feel like that's kind of the direction they were trying to go with. Like if you see the pictures, it's like, yeah, it's a little Tyrese. Anyway. Much love to Tyrese. Anyway, so so I go to the label on some, listen, um, I know the album is finished, but do y'all think I could go in and maybe do one or two more songs that just kind of fit who the hell I am? Right. Right? And they were like, well, no, album is done. And also your budget is depleted. I'm like, how was my budget depleted? I know exactly what we spent. And this is when I learned that, okay, I don't know if this still goes on. It's been a while since I've had this happen to me, but you get a record deal and they take you out to eat and they throw that credit card down at the end of the night. And what they don't tell you is that that's your budget on that credit card. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah, man. we went with the Mr. Childs a bunch of different times. I'm like, they just and you paying for you think, oh, love you? me in here. Just Mr. Childs, every time we visit, all right. My label loved me. No, I was paying for all that and had no idea. Had no clue. Oh, yeah. man. So Here's what it was. Clearly, you said your first deal, so things didn't go as expected. Nah. No, so when you not. were dropped, mm-hmm. what are you thinking? Um... To be completely honest with you, I went into a slight depression uh, just behind really feeling like, you know, I, my foot was in the door. Maybe I should have just maybe I should just went with what they wanted right. me to do. Maybe right. I should have, you know, to hell with artistic integrity and just go for it. Right. But then I know I, I know in the back of my head I would have never been able I wouldn't have been able to look at myself in the mirror. Right. So I'm back to square one. I'm just kind of trying to figure it out at this point, you know. Um, yeah, it was it was a, it was a rough little moment just because I I didn't know that that was like the most uncertain moment right that I that I had experienced up to then you know because even even when we was living in the van you know I'm talking to my mom every day and I knew that if push come to shove and and, and it hit the fan I could go you home you go home right but then in this situation I'm out here I'm I'm roughly 20 21 years old I just got dropped from my record label. Uh, my managers is not picking up the phone no more because we got dropped from a regular. Like it's like, all right, well, clearly they don't want you. I have no, I have no options, no anything, right? right? So it's it's literally a a back to square one moment, and um, I just leaned on what was always there, which was the music. You know right. what I'm saying? I I literally met the man that is my manager today as I was walking down the street, just literally singing at the top of my lungs with my eyes closed because that was that's the only place that I could find solace and I'm just walking and singing. And he's in an SUV driving in the opposite direction. Skirt, turned around in the middle of the street and came back. Hey, you singing something? Yeah, clearly, I, yeah. yeah. Hey, well check this out, I know this person, this person, that person, I got this studio, da 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 So I, mind you, I'm hearing this, I'm seeing his lips moving, but I ain't listening. Yeah, Whatever, bro. What, look, all right, well, where? Right, around the corner. All right, come on, let's go. I hopped in the van. Again, I don't know who this person is. He could have he killed me. I don't, I ain't know. He brought me around the corner to uh, these two these two producers that he was working with. And um, I worked with him for roughly three to four months before we got the Def Jam deal. And mind you, no contract. He said to me, he said to me, listen, I'm going to shake your hand right now. If I don't get you a deal in four months, you walk away with that handshake and we go out, we go our ways. I don't need no paperwork, wow. I don't need no nothing. Four months to the day. I had a record deal. I had a record deal at Def Jam. Yeah. So much love to Tango, much love to my team, much love to Compound. That's so still you, go, my you go to Def Jam. Yes. That goes, that's your second record, that's your second record contract. Mm-hmm. Things going well. Things are going well. Things are going well because I went in there with a little bit of knowledge. It's like, nah, nah, we don't need to go to Mr. Child. Yeah, good. we good, we good, good. we good. Nah, I'm good. Yep, yep. I cooked before I left. I'm straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leftovers, we good. Right, we good. okay. So, and then also, I, I I got the opportunity to talk to L.A. Reid um, and really talk to him, like, from an artist, from an artist's soul to an artist's soul. Right. I went to him and said, listen, the the music that you that you've heard and that you've liked is the music that I really do. If this is a situation where you're gonna try to turn me into somebody else, we don't have to do this. I, I, I'll go somewhere else. Right. And he said to me, he was like, I'm signing you because I like what, what you do. Why would I try to change that? Right. And that was just a, whew, all right, cool. You know, right. I can actually express myself for real and really be who I am and, and get this music out here the right way. And sure enough, that's what happened. So when did, when did Jay-Z take over Def Jam for LA? Um, Jay-Z came in kind of right at the top of, of when I got signed. Okay. Like, um, you know, LA, LA was always, you know, always top dog, but he took, he took a, he's CEO, president, you know? So, um, yeah, Jay, I mean, my first time going to 106 Park, Jay-Z took me on there. First time going to TRL, Jay-Z took me on. Um, he really kind of just took me under the wing. Like, you know, this is, this is our new R&B artist. Right. And, and I, I, I've, I appreciate him to this day for it, man. He got upset with you because you you wrote a song and you gave it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, uh, shortly before before the Def Jam situation happened, uh, I I leaned on songwriting. Right. You know, I was just I was just a songwriter. So I wrote a song for Mario. You should let me love you. Right. So this song goes on and, and uh, stays at number one for like 12, 13 weeks, something like that. Um, uh, becomes one of the most 
played songs in radio history. So when I, the first time I got to meet Jay-Z, by this time I've, I've been signed for, you know, a couple months at this point, uh, I walk into the room and he's in there, he's in L.A. Reid's office, I walk in, I'm like, hey, how you doing? It's nice to meet you. He's like, man, why you get a damn song away? Like, That's where they... Nice, nice to meet you too, bro. All right, cool. I'm, I'm Neo. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hi, why you get a damn song away? Yeah. To, the, to this day, he, uh, he get on me about giving a damn song away. But I was just a songwriter when I wrote right. it. I, I didn't write it for myself. I mean, right. had I known. Do you think you could have done it justice like Mario did? Um, I'll be the first to tell you that Mario got chops that I don't. You know, that I, I ain't got no shame in that. Right. Um, but I know that I got chops too. Right. So yeah, I'm, I feel like I feel like it would have worked either way. Do you have you ever given a song away that you felt you should have kept? Uh, once or twice. Once or twice. Um, there was a point in time where I would have a little bit of separation anxiety with certain songs. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like especially if I hear the end result and be like and, and am not totally pleased with some of the decisions made. Right. You know, then it becomes that feeling of, man, if you was going to do that, I could just kept my damn song. Right. But but at the same time, you have to you have to let an artist be an artist. Right. Like, I can't allow a person, I can't expect a person to think the way that I'm going to think, make the choices that I'm going to make, especially when I've, I've given them the song. Like, uh, Beyonce, for example, if you hear my version of Irreplaceable, right. you, you hear the basis, you hear the foundation, right. but then you hear her version and you hear all the Beyonce-isms that she put right. on top of it. Like, right. you want an artist to right. do that right. with a record. Yeah, you want that. When did you know your pen game was strong? Um... When I got my name, honestly, um, I, I got my name from a, a producer friend of mine, uh, Dion Evans. Uh, he used to work a lot with uh, with Digital Underground back in the day, yeah. and Pac and all of them. Um, he was a person that dubbed me Neo. It was it was shortly after the Matrix movie it came I out. I was gonna say, so which came first, that Neo Matrix uh, nah, 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 or nah, yeah. Matrix Neo came first? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, that Neo definitely came first. Okay. Uh, but the reference was. Um, the way Neo could do things in the Matrix that other people couldn't do. Correct. I could do things in music that other people mm -hmm. couldn't do. Like, for example, I used to pride myself on how fast I could write a song. Right. Like, give me an hour, I'll give you 12 records. Quick, quick, quick. Now, notice I said 12 records. I ain't say 12 good records. Right. I Make learned later on right. quality versus quantity. Right. But at that moment, I was I was the cat that was going to get in there and just crank them out. And Dion says to me, he's like, I ain't, he's like, he, like he had never seen that before. Like right. you like the neo of the music industry, and that's where the name came right. from. Yeah. You wrote to the left, to the left. Yes, indeed. I think now. Correct me if I'm wrong. L.A. Reid, because did you want to do the song, and he said give it to Beyonce because it's like it fits more Beyonce. Um, L.A. was definitely part of that decision, <laughs> but it was okay. So it was it was this. I wrote the song to do it myself. Correct. Okay. Right. Myself and Stargate. Shout out to Stargate. Love them guys to death. Um, but when we got finished with the song and we're listening to it and it's like, it's, it, it just, we knew it was a hit, right. but it just, it, it didn't, just feel, something didn't feel right. You right. know what I'm saying? It didn't like, I love this song, but it's something about this shit I do not like. Right. right. It became that. Right. So that's, that's when we finally started going, you know what? Maybe if we, okay, maybe if we flip this and flip that and, and, and let a, let a female do it. Right. And like, we was on the fence a little bit and, and LA Reed was kind of the tipping factor. Like, you know what? Yeah, I definitely feel like this song would get more more punch, more power punch with a woman singing it. How did you decide to give it to Beyonce? Um, I didn't. Uh, we we <laughs> actually <laughs> we actually had uh, shopped it to a few different female artists who shall remain nameless because they didn't want it. I ain't petty, but they didn't they want, it. want it. They ain't want it. Ooh. They ain't understand what it was. Can we have an initial? Ooh, nah, man. You Can we have sloppy sloppy? Come you on, give me in trouble in here. Huh? I, I, I'll, I'll say this: it's, it's female artists, you know. It's female artists, you know. Man, there's a hundred female artists. There's I know. a whole bunch of them. Yep, and and you know the one up. You know the ones I'm talking about. I mean, about. give us a niche. I don't mind to know her. Mm, this is the first niche. Mm, nah, nah, nah. I ain't gonna do that. <laughs> I ain't gonna do that. I ain't gonna do that. But just yeah, Beyonce's name was not the first name that popped up when we were shopping the song. But once Beyonce got a hold of it, it became. I mean, the rest is history. Right. No, no. It became what it what people know and love today. So.
Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Don't miss the full season of FX's epic limited series, Shogun, set in feudal Japan. Shogun tells the story of one warrior in the fight of his life as a mysterious European ship arrives in Japan. Catch FX's new international spy thriller, The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. The Veil is a globetrotting game of truth and lies between two women with thousands of lives hanging in the battle. And crime fans, don't miss the all-new series, Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events, starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. Under the Bridge tells the haunting story of a murder that lays bare a small community's darkest secrets. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and is waiting for you on Hulu. Let's just say for the sake of argument, I say, I don't. I say, hey, Neil, I need you to write me something. Mm-hmm. How much you charge it? Hmm. Okay. If that, you are, how, how, how does that work? How, does somebody call you and say, hey, Neil, can you write me a song? Or do they send you, like, what do you think? Uh, changes, additions? How, how does well, that no, happen? Normally they'll, they'll ask and then, uh, okay, so it's, it's, if, if you're an independent artist, right. you know, I got the independent artist price because I know what it is to be independent. You're doing everything yourself. Right. I'm not going to charge you what I would charge your record Re- label, okay. for example. Yeah. Because I know I'm not. You ain't going to hear crap. Yeah, I'm not you. I'm not hitting you. I'm hitting your record label. Okay. So. You know, however, however it happens, be it I run into the artist or artist management, reach out to my management or whatever the case may be. They say, we love for Neo to go in the studio for such and such artist. All right. They would then set up studio time. Right. You know, that they pay for it. However, however many days or whatever they want me to go in, I go in and whatever I write within those days, I submit to them what they like, they keep, what they don't. I get back and that's how it works. Have you ever told anybody no? Mm, yes. Yes, I have. Just because I genuinely didn't see it, it was it was a cat that wanted me to do a feature on his record, mm-hmm. you know, up and coming dude, and it was it was just some real. It it just it it wouldn't have made no sense, right? In my personal opinion, it wouldn't have made no sense. Like I'm I'm never gonna do anything that's gonna intentionally jeopardize my brand or or you know confuse right. people in the realm of my brand, and it just wouldn't have made no sense. I mean, I'm looking at some of the people you've written for: mm. Beyonce, Rihanna, Whitney, Mary J, Jennifer Hudson, Monica, B2K, Faith Evans. Music Soul Tribe. Well, I mean, bro, I mean, you got a who's who. How do I mean? I mean, they, all these people. I mean, everybody's coming out of the woodwork saying Neo, 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 mm-hmm. and they're expecting you to write irreplaceable. They're expecting you to every write time. to the left, to the left. Yeah, but yeah. Damn. I mean, Michael Jordan is going fifty every game. There was a couple of Very there true. was a couple of 13, 14 points in there too. It's been a it's been uh, more than a couple times where you know an artist asked me for something and. I'll write them what I feel like is what they ask for, and, and they'll they'll say no. I mean that happens. That right. happens. I, but I don't I don't so much because you don't honestly, think it's personal? well, nah, because what didn't work for you might work for her or right. him or whoever, you know. And once you give it back to me, it's mine. Like there are songs that made it to Beyonce's album, made it to Rihanna's album that were not written for Beyonce or Rihanna. These are songs that other artists turned down, and these artists didn't. And now they're looking now. How, so let me ask you a question. So how do you think an artist feel? I turned this song down. I turned that song down. Beyonce did it. Rihanna, that could have been. I can imagine that that's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, <laughs> I can. But, mm-hmm. but, but, but hold on. Sometimes it's, maybe it's just Beyonce and Rihanna, and you wouldn't have had the same success with said song. That's possible. That's possible. But the reality is you ain't even try. So who's to say? Right. Who's to say? At least at least they had the 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 guts to give it a try. Right. And it turned out to work for them. Have you ever written? Have you ever written? Have written for someone? Because if they say write me a song and they're gonna pay you for it, do they ever say, "Nah, I'm not good. Just keep it," or you just have to? Or do you have to turn it over to them? No, I turn it over to them. You know, and then they decide whether which or not ones they, they want to keep. Yeah, which ones they want to keep. Okay. And whatever they don't keep, they just give back. Okay, and then you shop it to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Shop it to somebody else, or I'll take a piece of it, turn it into a hook for this rapper. Right. Everything can be used for something. You know what I mean? It's, right. it never, it's never anything that just has to in the archive. You ever had anything leaked? Yeah. Yeah, man. But how? But, uh, you, but you have to know who's doing it, Neo. Nah, so this, this particular situation, uh, this was back when Sony Studios existed in New York. You know, may it rest, it ain't, it ain't there no more. Sony okay. Recording Studios. Um, Stargate, they had a room a room of their of their own in Sony Studios. Somebody broke in Sony Studios and stole their hard drives. Me and Brandy had did like four records and the following week them joints was in the world. That's because somebody broke in and stole the hard drives. Wow. Yeah. 
it happens. Yeah, but since then, I mean, it's, 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 I don't know, it's a slippery slope. It's hard to keep anything absolutely private anymore. You know, so yeah, I've definitely had, had things leak, but I've always looked at it as, all right, well, if the music leaked and people like it, that just adds to my fan base, right? Right. So <clears throat> when, you, when you say the, the, the writers, you say the writers and the streaming is not the same writing for an album or things of that nature, correct? What do you mean? Uh, as far because as you say, like the streaming service, like the right. You said writers when they stream a record, mm-hmm. the writers don't get the compensation that they they deserve. Well, yeah, no, the streaming, the the numbers that writers are getting for for streams is not what it needs to be. Okay, not at all. No. So you got to have like needs to stream like a billion times to make any billions, money. millions and billions of streams before you start to see any real money. Real yes, money. definitely. Mm-hmm. So why do you why do you stay writing? I mean, because it seems like everything is kind of like going towards the streaming industry, and that means it gets less and less in your pocket. Well, I mean, there are there are exceptions to every situation and, and to every rule. Right. You know, um, I again, uh, my motivating factor has never been finance in regard okay. to this business. I do this because I love it. If right. there was no money to be made in it anymore, you still it. find a neo song somewhere. Really? Yes. Yes, because I don't do this just for money. I okay. thank God and, and the creator that I can provide for my family doing what I love. Right. But to be honest, if I could not provide for my family doing what I love, I would just find a way to provide for my family while doing what I love. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. this is, this is, music is woven into my DNA. I couldn't stop if I wanted to. It's just what it is. So how's the interview process? Someone wants to write a, when you want, someone wants you to write a song from them. Do you sit, do you talk on the phone? Do y'all go out to dinner? Do you like get a sense? I mean, because if you know the artist, you kind of get a sense of kind of like the direction they want to go in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's always uh, it's always a sign of respect to ask an artist like, okay, what's the what's the concept? Like, is there a concept to your project as opposed to just trying to shove a song down their throat? Right. You know, because it's like, well, I don't even talk like that. All right. Well, right. So I so I'll definitely give the artist the respect of asking, right. you know, is there something specific you want to say? Is there a specific genre that you that you hunting for? You know, we'll sit, we'll have a conversation, we'll have a kind of an off the cuff conversation. Okay. Like, how's your love life? Like, what's you know, what's going on in your world? Right. What's what's keeping you awake at night, if anything at all? And that's where we figure out what we want to write about. Okay. And that, and you know, I feel like doing that makes the artist know and understand that this is literally being custom made for you. This right. is not a song that I had in my back pocket. And then, all right, well, maybe I can sell it to this one. Not right. you. All right, maybe you. No, right. it's like, I'm literally asking you where you at. And if you say something that, stri- that sparks something that I already got, yeah, I'll let you hear it. Right. But ultimately, in that you're paying me to be here, we're going to sit and we're going to talk and I'm, I'm going to create something for you from scratch. Okay. Yeah. Were you in the studio when, when Beyonce is doing Irreplaceable? Did you know Irreplaceable was going to be that? I did not. No, I had no idea. So you're no in idea. the studio. And as you as you're writing this song and you're hearing her sing it, well, here's the thing with Beyonce. Beyonce is one of those few artists that don't really need nobody, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I was there for about 15 minutes, and I, I remember there was one instance where I tried to feed her a note, and she was like, "It's cool, I got it." Ah, you like that? A bit. Go get some coffee. <laughs> coffee, something. Just gone by my bed. And mind you, by the time I came back in the room, the song was done. Like she, she like was, she it was done. Took him out maybe an hour to do that thing, to do what she needed to do in that moment. Took him maybe an hour. So that wasn't. I've dealt with artists where you kind of got to hold a hand through the whole process. Right. And I ain't mad at that either. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, but you know, a person like a, like a Beyonce, like Beyonce is, she's an anomaly. Like she don't. She she got every note. She know exactly what she want to do ad lib wise and all of that. Like she'll she'll listen to your idea, but to be honest, she don't need you there. Right. You know what I mean? So that's that's what that was. Give me your Mount Rushmore of female artists you've written for. Oh man. Um Mount Rushmore. How many heads on Mount Rushmore? Four. I wasn't good in. Four? Four yeah. heads. Okay. And we ain't gonna let you add none either. No, oh, damn, come on. Yeah, this, this I, yeah, my I, Mount Rushmore. I, yeah, I know you wanna build all a right. bar, but we ain't I building would, no more heads on Mount Rushmore. All right, all right, four, four. Top four. Um Beyonce. Rihanna, Mary J. Blige, Celine Dion. Yeah. So those are my four. Celine Dion calls you up. Neil, does anybody has anybody since you've gone started giving going by the name Neil, mm-hmm. has anybody called you your government name? Um, not <laughs> no. besides the Lord. Maybe an attorney call you. Oh yeah, yeah, Mr. Smith. Yeah, no. <laughs> Um, but does anybody has anybody say in the last twenty years 
called you by your government name? Not any artist. Like you right. gotta, you got to know me. You got to get to that place where you really know who I am before you call me anything other than Neo. Neo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Celine Dion calls Neo up and says, mm -hmm. "So how how did that conversation go?" Um, surprisingly, uh, she was a fan of my music. Mm -hmm. She's a fan of my music. I, we actually met through her husband. You know, right. may he rest. Yeah. And um, he was telling me that she was a fan of the music. And I was like, yo, I'm a huge Celine Dion fan. I love to write with her one day. Mind you, this, this conversation happens, and then a month later, you know, I get a call out of nowhere, and it's her. Right. And she tells me she's a fan of the music and tells me that she wants to work together. We get in the, we wrote, we did the song. Well, actually, she wanted me to write her a song initially. Right. Okay, because I've, I've written her songs, and then we, there's one that we did together. Right. Which was a whole other mind-blowing situation. Mm -hmm. So she's like, I love what you do. I'd love for you to write me some songs. Um, I did two songs for her on okay. the, oh man, I gotta find a, I gotta find a name of that album. Uh, not the last one she put out, it was like, like two albums back, two songs for her on that right. album. And um, we just kind of kept in contact, like she's really, really cool people. Right. Like, like she's, she's silly, like she's doing Elvis, Pres Elvis Presley impersonations, and like she's, she's really, really cool. Right. So um, I remember the, the following album cycle, she was like, we have to do a song together. And I'm like, why? Like, if you have Celine Dion's voice, what the hell do you need Neo voice for? Right. And she's like, no, 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 no. We, I'm, we're doing the song together. You write it. You let me know when it's done. I'll fly you guys out and we, and we make it happen. And sure enough, so I wrote the song. Uh, we recorded it at the recording studio that is at the Palms in Las Vegas. Right. You know, because she was doing her, her residency, residency there. there. And um, yeah, man, the rest is history. One of, one of the most genuine people that I've ever met. Like, you know, you, you meet artists and, you know, some people give you who they really are. Some people give you their representative. Some people give you who they think that you expect to see. Right. She walked in as her and, you know, unapologetically her. Like, you know, hair in a messy bun. Like, we here to work. Hey, it's nice to done. meet you. I'm Celine. Let's, right. let's rock. Like, and I, I respect that. You wrote, when you wrote Unfaithful for Rihanna, mm -hmm. every time I walk out the door, I see him die a little more inside. I don't want to hurt him anymore. I don't want to take away his life. I don't want to be a murderer. Mm -hmm. How'd you come up with that hook? That is a story. <laughs> a lot of a lot of my a lot of my songs come from actual experiences. Yeah. And you know, if it's not an experience, you and Taylor of, Swift will make a cute couple. <laughs> y'all all write about some hard. Y'all be killing. Y'all be killing y'all exes, man. Damn. Oh, Taylor don't want me. I'm I'm toxic. She don't want me. <laughs> Mm, I mess I mess all that up for you, Taylor. <laughs> all love, no, but uh, <laughs> um, I, I write for, I write from experience, man. It, it's it's not always my personal experience. Right. Like for example, Irreplaceable was a, was a story about one of my aunts. I grew up in a house with five aunts, okay. and that one particular aunt that just always had a new boyfriend. Right. So that's that story came from that song came from that story. Right. Unfaithful came from a story that my sister was telling me about a dude that she was dating back in the day. You know. Um, she, uh, oh, she might get mad at me for telling this story, but it is. Tell it, it, tell it. I mean, she, she was, it was one of those situations where. you got where, more than one sister, we won't know which one you're talking about. I, I, I do, but it, she'll know. And that's, <laughs> I'm going to get home and catch some, catch a couple of these. Catch a couple of body blows. Nah, but. Um, take David's body blows. She was, she was dealing, she was dealing with this dude and it was that whole situation of he's just, he's just too nice. Right. He's so nice. Like I, I literally just walk over his back. He's so right. nice. So because he was so nice, she started dealing with somebody else. Right. And it got to the point where like everybody knew, everybody knew. And it's like, okay, okay. She's, she's, she's doing what she's doing. The whole family knows, her friends know, his friends know. The only person that's acting like they don't know is him. And it's like, what do you do? So, so, that's, so that's where the whole thing came from because she felt terrible about it. Right. But at the same time, it's like- Not enough to stop doing it though. But yeah, 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 that's what it was. That's what it was. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, almost said a name. Oh, she gonna be mad. She be mad. You be all right. You be all right. <laughs> Taylor Swift said that breakups are great for writing songs. Hell yeah. Is that how you feel? Absolutely. Yes, definitely. So I don't know what it is about heartbreak or, or turmoil or drama or animosity or, or sadness. But for whatever reason, when you when you put yourself there and you write anything, mm -hmm. It's going to be deep. It's going to be meaningful. It's going to have depth. It's going to have emotion. And those are the, those are some of the key ingredients to a song that you just can't stop singing. 
So in other words, just because, you know, because everybody automatically thinks that mm -hmm. when you write a song, you're talking about a personal experience. Like uh -huh. Usher, Confessions. Everybody right. said, he's talking about Chili. Yeah, but, but you're saying that, hey, you know, it might be an aunt, it might be a sister, it might be a homeboy that was going it's through not something. Not always me. No, right. not always. Because I, I, my my story and what's going on with me, um, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a dabble into it a little bit, mm -hmm. but for the most part, I'm a I'm I've I've learned that it's certain aspects of me that I would like to keep for me, right? You know, because the world. Uh, it ain't a person walking the face of the planet that has the right to judge anybody. Right. But it don't stop them, you right. know. And and you know, I got kids, and I, I don't even want my kids to 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 get into all that and see all of that, you know. But other than that, yeah, I write from I write from just things that I've always found that if I write from something that really happened, the song just comes out better. I can make it up all day, right? But th those songs just don't have the same. You know what I mean? Like it's it's that thing, right? It's that thing, like no, this really happened. I really had to. You know, I, I really couldn't turn the radio off. I really had the answer machine with, hey, we can't come to the phone right now. You know, we mind you, we was kids, we right. know what the hell we was doing. But, right. but like the, the the fine details that, that you are that you can put into it when it's something that you really experience, like that's the like that's the the, the weapon X that turns it into that hit song. Because you're in this place, mm -hmm. it's on your mind. You can't seem to escape it. Uh the mind can't relate, can't erase what the heart can't delete. Mm. And so you're writing. And so that puts you in a space that, man, I might as well, you know, turn this heartbreak into something. Yeah. Something good can come out of every bad situation. Definitely. We so. don't see it at the time, mm -hmm. but you says, okay, this happened, didn't end the way I wanted to. I'm putting pen to paper. Yep, absolutely. It's it's it is the ultimate gift from God because, you know. Everybody goes through hurt and heartache and pain. Not everybody gets the outlet that music is. Right. You know, I don't have to. I don't have to pack it down. Right. I don't, and, and eventually blow up for something stupid. No. As soon as I feel it, as soon as my chest get heavy, I can sit and write it. And after I'm done writing, I'm good because it ain't in me no more. It's, right. it's here now. Right. You know. And I'm gonna get that to the world, and like-minded people are gonna listen to it and be like, Yeah, I understand that. I've been there before. I felt that before. And. That's how we get to where I am now. Do you think any of the women, like songs that you wrote, like, that, you know what wrote this about me? <laughs> I, I know it. I've, yes, I, I've been, uh, some of them have reached out and asked. Is that them. about me? No. Mm, no you ain't gonna get no residual. No, I ain't talking about you. Mm, it's about yeah, you. you. That don't mean, that don't mean you get no money for it. But it's, yeah, <laughs> you know damn well it's about you. Come on. I, I put the date in the song. You know it's about you. However, Enjoy it from, from your Honda Civic. We good. <laughs> we see a lot of, uh, uh, you got an extensive catalog. We mm -hmm. see a lot of people selling off their catalog. Is that something that you're interested in? Um, if For the right price, yeah. Yeah, for the right price, I definitely do that. Just because I know that I'm not done. Like, right. I haven't written my greatest song. Right. You know, so. so if you sell your catalog, that means you start the process of another, or then er does everything that you write go into that catalog? Oh, no, no, no. You start the process, you start another one. Oh, okay. You start over. Mm-hmm. Which I have again, I have no problem with because I, I I have yet to write my most amazing record. And as things happen in my life, you know, I, as time progresses and different things happen, I just got more and more ammo for for this gun. So yeah. Do you like writing more or do you like performing more? As of late, writing more. I love to perform. I love to get out there and you know do that whole that's what energy you are, exchange. You perform. I am absolutely so. Absolutely yeah, because so. you have singers. Mm -hmm. You have performers, you have, and you can do both, mm -hmm. but you really like performing. Performing is my thing. I can stand still and sing a song, but I ain't gonna have no fun. And if I don't have no fun, you probably gonna have no fun either. So no, we're gonna jump around, we're gonna move, work, work the whole stage. Right. This, is, this is who I am, yes. Where are you mm -hmm. on social media? Um, uh, What are my social media handles? Hold on. The IG is at Neo. Uh, the Twitter is at Neo Compound. Uh, you know how to do, do you this respond? Facebook do you thing. do you respond to comments? Do yeah, you? yeah. So I mean, I I don't I don't read comments as much anymore because for whatever reason you read them comments and all of a sudden you you start to like let those opinions mean something mm -hmm. when the reality is opinions are not special because right. literally everybody right. got one. Right. So I, I don't I don't read comments as much as I used to, but. Should you receive a DM from from me and you see the yellow the, the yellow you see the blue dot you know that that's really me it's really me I'm really responding. Oh okay mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
let's get, I want to get to your upbringing before I get you out of here. Born mm-hmm. in Arkansas. Yes. How, how old were you when you left Arkansas and went to Vegas? Roughly eight, nine years old. Okay. Somewhere in there. And uh, we got to Vegas and, and, and stayed in Vegas. I went to high school in Las Vegas, the whole nine. Right. Uh, that was weird. Definitely. Just it, I, it's, it wasn't weird as it was happening. It's weird as I look back and like know how other people's high school right. situation went. You know, you go through high school with that clique of friends right. all the way up mm-hmm. and y'all graduate together and right. all that. I don't happen in Vegas because everybody's coming in to do what they're going to do for about a year. It's right. a tourist town. Right. It's a military base. You right. know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. in and out. So every school year you start with brand new people. Right. Teach you how to be a people person. Not right. to mention there's a strip every damn right. weekend right. where you meet. Susan and her nine friends from Minnesota, and they just and 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 yeah. yeah. So that was, so that was, so that's the best. That's part of the best parts about Vegas, huh? Um, you meet a lot of people. You meet a lot of different people from all walks of life. Everybody find their way to Vegas person? at some point. Um, yeah, to a degree, to a degree. Fifty degrees, seventy-five degrees, hundred uh, degrees. I mean, I'm. I'll say this: as as my age progresses, my patience gets shorter. You know what I mean? Like right. energy becomes real, real important as, as you as as time progresses. Right. And now I'm real picky and choosy about what I choose to give energy to and who. Right. So yeah. Did growing up growing up in Vegas make you want to do showbiz? Make you want to get on stage? Or Absolutely. You- yeah, man. That was that was, you know, you you hit the strip as as a teenager. And you see the limos pull up and you see the celebrity get out. And, you know, if you get a chance to get into any of these Vegas shows and you just it's an experience, bro, especially as, as a kid, you're looking at that like, oh, man, that's going to be me. That's that's what I want to do right there. Right. Yeah. So your parents, they weren't together. So so did, did it have an impact that your dad wasn't around? And you said you, you talked about your mom. Mm-hmm. You talked about the women in your life, your aunts and you, you, you wrote songs and you had seems like your sisters and, and your mom and your aunts, you, mm-hmm. so you had very strong women around you. Definitely so. Definitely so. Um, had uncles that, that you know, that were there, but, you know, they show up, eat, and leave. That's, right. that's what they, you know, <laughs> what they were. But, um, no, it was primarily my mother, my grandmother, five aunts, my sister, okay. and me. Right. And um, I never really, I never really felt like I was missing anything from okay. not having a dad until... You know, I got of a certain age and I'm in school and my friends are talking about their dads and right. things they're doing with their dads. And I'm like, wait a minute, I ain't, I ain't never did that. And then it, then it becomes a thing. Did you play sports? Uh, not really. A little bit, but I never really took it serious. I was, I would, I was more of an artistic kid than, right. a, than an athletic kid. I could do it, but if I, had to cho- if I had the option, I was somewhere writing a song. How did being raised by women impact your songwriting? It helped me escape the potential of the the whole toxic masculinity thing that that everybody's so up in an uproar about right. today um i feel like toxic masculinity is the opposite mm-hmm. of a person that is in touch with and not afraid of emotion like i've heard people say how do you write from from the mind of a woman so well and it's like i'm not writing from the mind of a woman i'm writing from the mind of a person that's not afraid of emotion you're giving these emotions for a reason, okay? That they're supposed to help you throughout life. You're not supposed to ignore them. You know, that whole boys don't cry. That's not a thing. Right. It's not a thing at all. Right. Like, that's, that's, how you, that's how you breed that toxic male, you know, I, I got to address every situation with aggression. That's how, that's how you breed that. My mom didn't raise me like that. Right. She said, if it, smi- if it feels good, smile. And if it hurts, cry. And never be ashamed of either one because you're giving them for a reason. They're tools. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Don't miss the full season of FX's epic limited series, Shogun, set in feudal Japan. Shogun tells the story of one warrior in the fight of his life as a mysterious European ship arrives in Japan. Catch FX's new international spy thriller, The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. The Veil is a globetrotting game of truth and lies between two women with thousands of lives hanging in the balance. And crime fans, don't miss the all-new series, Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events, starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. Under the Bridge tells the haunting story of a murder that lays bare a small community's darkest secrets. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and is waiting for you on Hulu. Do you feel like men suppress a lot of their true feelings, emotion, and they can't properly be who they truly are? Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like especially nowadays where 
you know, um, all vulnerability is viewed as weakness and any man showing any is, is ridiculed or whatever, or you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You get caught. And it's like, I've just never, I've just never bought into that. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've, I've been bullied before. I understand what that is. You know, nine times out of 10, the cat bullying you is getting bullied. His daddy whooping his ass. Something's happening to him. Right. It's not just, he ain't just wake up and decide to mess with you. He messed with you because somebody messed with him. Right. I get that. I understand what, what that is. I just really feel like the way that the way that my mom brought me up. Don't get me wrong; she didn't bring me up as no chump. You know right. what I'm saying? She definitely taught me how to how to fend for herself and defend myself. Right. But at the same time, she taught me that every situation does not call for aggression. Right. You know, you sit up and argue with a fool to the people watching; they don't know who the fool is. Right. Y'all both y'all both look like fools right, right. now. And that and that was that was me growing up. I wasn't a cat that was so eager to jump into a fight. You know what I'm saying? Right. Nine times out of 10, I'm talking so fast, you don't want to fight no more. Right. That's who I was. That's who I was. I read your favorite sport is boxing. You still yes. a boxing fan? Absolutely. Absolutely. Congrats, Tank. Yeah. Did that. Yeah, man. So growing up in Vegas, the mm-hmm. fight capital world, I don't know how many fights uh, Tyson that you saw, mm-hmm. Mayweather that you saw. What is it about the fight game that makes you such a fan? Um, I, I love the strategy. Okay. I, I, there's, some, there's some fighters that, I, that I'm more of a fan of than others. You know, you got your, you got your sluggers, your catchers right, going right. to go out there and swing as hard as they can until somebody fall down. Right. All right, cool. That's what we're finding good. Floyd has always been a favorite of mine because he's strategic. Right. Floyd's game is not hitting you. Floyd's game is making you miss. Right. Which is just even more embarrassing. Like right. that's that's the mind games that Floyd's plays. I'm, okay. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you swing for the fences, and you gonna hit me none. You're not gonna touch me. Right. I lo- I've always loved just the the cleverness of something that's supposed to be so brutal, but you literally gotta use your mind if you're gonna be good at it. If right. you're gonna be successful at it, this brutal blood sport where you feel like it's just two men going in there beating right. the hell out of each other for the hell of it. Nah, this is a strategic game. Right. You know what I mean? And, and it's just, I've always been a fan of that, that contrast. Right. It's like, this is what you expect, but in actuality, it's really this. Right. You know, I've always been a fan of that. I'm gonna get you out of here to the last two questions. Mm-hmm. Do you feel as an entertainer that you need more than one revenue stream? Because yes. you entertain, you sing, you write. Mm-hmm. Absolutely so. Um, we, we already discussed the fact that songwriters, just as songwriters, if you're not making billions and billions and billions of streams, you can't even live off right. your livelihood. Right. You know what I mean? You'll have a hit song on the radio and be broke. This is a real thing. Like, that don't make no sense. It doesn't. There's no other medium that that happens in. You can't have a number one blockbuster movie in America and live in an apartment. You, that's not happening. Nah, right. they, they done paid you well for that. Right. Music, not so much. That's just what happens. So yes, as an artist, as a, as a songwriter, it is in your best interest to have multiple streams of revenue. You know, um, if you are a person with a personality, use that. You know, don't rely on just one aspect of entertainment if you are a person that understands what entertainment is right. and your entertainment value. I see you throwing your hat in the acting ring. You're yeah, going to be on an episode of 50 Cent's BML. Yes, yes, a, a few episodes, a few episodes. How did I'm that excited. come about? Um, I met I met Fifty uh, a while ago. You know, what I'm saying we, we did did a joint together. You know, so we always kind of kept in contact. Um, he 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 basically told me that he was he was gonna figure out a way for us to work because he saw that I was you know that I was interested in doing the acting thing. Mm-hmm. So he's like, we're gonna figure it out. We're gonna find a way to find a way to make it work. Um, he threw me a couple auditions, and mind you, that's that's one thing that I really loved about him is that he wasn't just gonna give me something. Right. You know, he's like, yo, you know, this is this is an opportunity. You get in there, you do the audition. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Right. And like, I, I respect that. You know. So, same thing with this BMF situation that, that's going on now. He said, I, I think I found something that that's gonna make sense. You know, I, or at least I would like to see you in this role. So he approached, he approached me with the BMF thing. I, I'm, I think. I, I don't, you know what? Let me not even give it away. Yeah. I'm on BMF for a few episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> but I got to get some clarity on this. You once found one of your artists <laughs> asleep in your bed. <laughs> now, I'm assuming you got a nice size house. Mm-hmm. Probably more than one bedroom. I'm mm. assuming. I, I mean, that's very, I mean, it's very presumptuous to me. Oh, man. Of, of, of thinking that Neil's got a nice house. Mm-hmm. He has more than bed. So why? What made him think it would be okay? Was he? Tr- 
Explain it. Explain it. You uh, okay? All right. Shout out to my man Lucky Day. I love love you to death. He'd have been unlucky that day. Because I put something on it. I didn't bring it back up, Pimpin. I didn't bring it back up. (laughs) But we here. All right. Um, Lucky Day is is an R&B artist extraordinaire. Won a Grammy last year. Like dude is doing his thing. I I love that he's doing his thing. Before Lucky Day got his shot, uh, there was a time, a point in time where I was going to sign him. Okay. Right. So you know. Uh, we writing songs together. So he wasn't your artist at the time. You was thinking about signing. We were uh, we were going to okay, sign. Okay, him, okay, yeah. okay. But we writing songs together. For example, um, uh, Jamie Foxx's verse on uh, Miss Independent. Yeah, he wrote that. Okay, he wrote that. So um, so basically, I'm about to go on the road. I gave him access to my house. I'm okay. like, listen, you can post up here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Do what you do. Ooh, One okay. rule. One rule. Don't go in my room. Hold on, hold on. So you, so you, crystal clear. You made it abundantly clear. That's it. You have access to the entire entire house. house. Whole Stay house. your ass out of my room. Stay out of my room. Okay. Right. So got it. I got it. Go on the road. You know what I'm saying? Chatting with the cat back and forth. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't destroying the house. I right, cool. Good, cool. So I get home that morning. I go <laughs> into my room and old boy is asleep in my bed with a young lady. I'm like, all righty. So yeah, I took it upon myself to wake him up and like, come on, bro, you, you gotta go. Hold up, you ain't wake him up with a right left? Nah, 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 nah. How did I try to walk his ass over the two piece? I'm, I'm zen, bro. I'm zen. I, I just, I, I politely was like, hey. I'd gave him breakfast in bed. You gotta go. He had to get a body. <laughs> there ain't no way you're gonna be sleeping in my bed. You I done told you have access to the house, eat all the food in the kitchen, the refrigerator. <laughs> you go I got a five-bedroom crib and you can bring your fucking ass in my oh, dad, Ooh, I had it. Dude, I had to have him. I know your mom say, hey. Every situation doesn't call for aggression. Yeah, uh, yeah, I had to get real aggressive with him. Uh, you know what? It's, it's it, ah, I, I can't even fault you, Pimpin. It's, it is what it is. But we've spoken since then. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's all love. You know, it ain't it ain't no beef or animosity whatsoever. You know, I'm I'm more than happy for old boy and what and what is what he's doing in his career. See, he had, he had to, you know what? I kind of empathize with it because I don't mm. know. I'm about to add here too. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, this Neo, this Neo, yeah, let me show you the bedroom. <laughs> you know, you know that, Neo, you know that's how it went. That's you probably exactly how it went. went. Ooh, I don't this mind. Is nice. I don't mind. I don't mind. I let my friends use the Neo. They can use it. It's cool. Uh, last question. World of Dash, your co-stars. Yes. Uh, how how did that impact you hearing that news? Um. Or did you know he was going through something? That that. I had no idea that he was going through anything. And, 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 you know, just from the circle of friends that I knew that knew him, they had no idea that he was going through anything. I've always looked at that with a side eye. Okay. I ain't making no accusations or nothing right. like that, but just the twitch that I knew, right. he, he would, that man was in love with his children. Right. That man was in love with his wife. That man was in love with life. Right. I can't, I can't say I knew what he was going through, and you never know what somebody's, somebody's going, going through, through in the dark. You have no idea. But the twitch that I knew, the twitch that was represented to me was not somebody that would have that did that. So I've always, I've always felt a way about that. You know what I'm saying? He was, he was, brother was, was a light. You know what I mean? Like you, you, like you meet people and it's like, it's just a bright dude. Like right. it's just, just good energy coming off of this dude. And that's who he was. That's who we all, every time I saw him, that's who he was. So. I don't know, that, that story just ain't never added up to me personally. But it is what it is. Appreciate you. Thanks for your time. All Appreciate love, you sir. Appreciate you stopping by the club. Indeed. All the best moving forward. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Thank you for much. having me sweating in the drinking Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Yeah. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Wanna slice, got to roll the dice, that's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.